Welcome to No Rain Date, a community podcast about local news and people. No Rain Date is a production of Saucon Source LLC. For more local news and information, please visit SaucinSource.com. Hello, No Rain Date listeners, and welcome to episode 59 of your favorite local news and information podcast, No Rain Date. I'm Josh Popachak, the host of No Rain Date and the publisher of Sock and Source, here with the headlines for the week ending June 19th, 2021. It's been a fairly quiet week, relatively speaking, in Sock and Valley, and I think That may have something to do with the nice weather, which we had until Saturday, the 19th. We had quite a stretch going of just beautiful days with highs in the 70s and cool evenings. You really didn't need the air conditioning. Now we're getting back into that sort of summer pattern of higher humidity, thunderstorms, and warmer temperatures. So but it's still not not terrible compared to uh, how hot it could be. And you may hear a rumble of thunder during this recording due to the fact that we're actually getting some thunderstorms coming through right now. The storms did impact an outdoor production of the musical Godspell, which is being staged in Hellertown's Dimmick Park this weekend. Friday night's performance went off without a hitch, and we have some great photos of it by Chris Christian. Several hundred people attended the musical Endemic Park. The weather was perfect. I understand it was a a very well-received production under the direction of Saucon Valley Theater director Chad Miller. This was a, a youthful cast, so that makes it all the more noteworthy. And definitely check out the photos of their performance. We have, I think, over 100 or so And this is pretty unique for Hellertown. I mean, we have concerts in the park and other events held at the band shell, but this is the first youth musical, to my knowledge, that has been staged there. So the borough, I know, is very supportive of the production. You saw that in terms of borough officials being there on Friday night to help collect donations and and other things. It is a free performance, but they are collecting donations, obviously, because it costs money to stage anything anymore. You have to have costumes and music, lighting, and so on. So great job by everybody involved with that production. We are approaching the 4th of July, and with that, Hellertown Police Chief Robert Shook has issued what's become his annual reminder about the use of fireworks in the borough. It's always a good idea to brush up on your knowledge of fireworks safety and local ordinances because you don't want to run afoul of the rules. And there are still rules in spite of the fact that Pennsylvania legalized the sale of consumer fireworks most consumer fireworks to everybody in 2017. That's sort of when the debate about these fireworks began. The state sort of opened the floodgates by doing that. Prior to that, they had been sold in the state, but state residents could only purchase very low-power type fireworks like sparklers. 
so only out-of-state residents could buy the the big rockets, the stuff that, you know, makes everybody go ooh and ah. So that was kind of a weird system, too. I'm not sure that was a great system, but it seems like more people favored that than what we have now, which is more like a free-for-all in terms of what you can buy. And certainly people spend money at these fireworks stores. I kind of wish I owned one. But the state is also benefiting tremendously from the sales because, and I didn't realize this until recently, the sales tax on consumer fireworks is actually double what the normal sales tax is. So if you buy, you know, a meal in Pennsylvania at a restaurant, the sales tax is 6%. The sales tax on fireworks is 12%. So obviously it's become a cash cow for the state and this came up at the Upper Saucon Township Supervisors meeting this past week when they discussed a letter from one of the homeowners associations about the fireworks and the nuisance problems they create. Essentially the supervisor who spoke and the township solicitor said there is little if anything they can do at the municipal level to regulate fireworks their hands are tied because they can't impose regulations on their sale or possession that the state doesn't do and so i know that's frustrating for many residents especially pet owners pets are suffering more because of these fireworks and we hear also about individuals with post-traumatic stress disorder who can be very sensitive to loud explosions. It's a shame that maybe more thought wasn't put into those groups, the impact that fireworks are having on them before the legalization happened four years ago. It did not seem like there was a lot of input from various stakeholders in the state. So getting back to the news story that we have specifically about Hellertown and fireworks, The borough has several rules that must be followed that are based on the state law because, as I said, they can't regulate more intensively than the state would allow. The most significant rule is that fireworks cannot be discharged within 150 feet of an occupied dwelling. So that really limits their use in the borough because most people's yards are maybe an eighth of an acre or even less in some cases. So you're not gonna have 150 feet between your house and the next one. Of course, there are exceptions, but for the most part, in terms of private yards, you're not gonna have that distance to allow for legally setting off these fireworks in your yard. Now, you can't set them off on public property, of course. You can't set them off in the street or on the sidewalks or in parks or borough-owned property. So for all intents and purposes, they are quite restricted in the borough. It's obviously not the case in Lower Saucon Township and other townships where people have bigger properties and, you know, can put on these bigger displays. But the reality is that people do it in the boroughs too. Certainly in Fountain Hill, I live in Fountain Hill, I've seen some displays that I would say rival what you would see at least back in the day as a municipal fireworks show. And these fireworks must cost thousands of dollars, so not really sure where the money comes from to buy them or what the incentive is, I guess, to impress your 
friends and neighbors or your kids, but you know, there is a safety aspect to them. We certainly hope everybody is safe this 4th of July and using the fireworks. And there is a courtesy aspect too. If, if, if it's nine o'clock at night and it's just gotten dark, you know, okay. I think people, you know, are more willing to tolerate the noise, especially if it's on a weekend. But on a weekday or late in the evening, like 11 o'clock midnight, nobody wants to uh, be hearing that sound. And it does bother pets. I have two cats and they typically hide in the basement whenever there's any number of fireworks going off. So the next few weeks are going to be a little hairy once again, as we are going to have many, many shows, official and unofficial. But as the chief said, Hellertown Chiefship, try to be courteous towards your neighbors and think about when you're setting them off. Certainly abide by the the rules that are in place. The police do not have the manpower, of course, to track down every firework that's going off if there are a lot going off, and, and they couldn't even begin to try to do that. And I think everybody recognizes that. They're, they're just, you know, out there to try and, you know, educate people about this and to raise awareness, and, and they're doing a good job with that. There's only so much they can do, and that's what we're doing, too. We're raising awareness. So I hope everybody will check out that story and uh, refresh themselves on the state law, the local law, and so forth. In other news related to police, we covered a homicide in Richland Township this past week. It's sort of an unusual homicide in that the two people that are charged and the victim are all from outside the area. Joshua Gamble, who is 17 and charged as an adult, and Anthony Gamble, his brother, who is 19, are charged with criminal homicide in the stabbing death of Kevin Rosero, a 26-year-old, who was found in a wooded area in the 500 block of East Pumping Station Road. This is just north of Quakertown. It's in an area that is sparsely populated. There are some woods as well as some industrial operations. It's sort of like an industrial park type area. So uh, apparently a state police officer was on a routine you know, patrol in the area, noticed two cars double parked on the side of the road. One had its four-way flashers on, and, and this was a bit suspicious, I guess. It was late at night, so he got out to investigate discovered uh, one of the brothers allegedly lying on the ground and when he made contact with him he allegedly had blood on his shoes about his person police said they found a large amount of blood in one of the vehicles that was parked on the side of the road they called for backup after they detained both brothers and then they discovered the body of kevin rosero All three of these people, the Gamble brothers and Rosera, are from Somerset, New Jersey. District Attorney Matt Weintraub, Bucks County District Attorney, said that they have no known connection to Richland Township or anywhere in Bucks County. So it'll be interesting to find out how they came to be in the area, if it was just a random choice of of a place to allegedly commit a murder. That's kind of one of the big questions about this case right now. 
And of course, we'll continue to follow developments in that story as they occur. It is also unusual, as I said, because one of the perpetrators who is charged is just 17 years old. Both Gamble brothers, Joshua and Anthony, had their preliminary arraignments. They were committed to the Bucks County Correctional Institution without bail. That is typical in these cases. In a homicide case, you're not granted bail normally. So we will, as I said, continue to follow that. In business news, we reported on, and we were the first and only news outlet that I know of to report on this, Wawa, the Wawa that's under construction at Route 309 and Paso Road in Upper Saucon Township is going to have a neighbor. McDonald's is coming to that lot, which you'll recall was formerly the home of the Peppercorn Pub and a couple of other establishments. Those were all demolished a couple years ago to make way for the Wawa development, which is slowly progressing. There does not seem to be a tremendous amount of progress on the actual building yet. I look every time I drive by there to see if anything has gone up, but not yet. We're about a year and a half, at least, into this project. Now, of course, COVID delayed it, and that might be the reason for the continued delays because there are many issues still related to supply chain and logistics and that trickles down and impacts construction projects. So whether it will be done by the end of this year, I don't know. There was also no timeline stated for the construction of the McDonald's, but we did share uh, renderings of the planned restaurant. It's going to be the typical new style McDonald's, a very modern look, gray building, sort of a boxy type shape and it's going to be surrounded by approximately 40 parking spaces. One thing that I thought was interesting was the drive-through because it will be a single lane entry, but halfway around the building, the drive-through will split in two. So you'll actually have a double drive-through where you you know, pay and receive the food, sort of more like a bank. And I guess that's to accommodate what they expect to be a higher volume of drive-through traffic. Certainly the location makes me think that they will have that since Route 309 is one of the busiest roads in the Lehigh Valley. That's the main route between Quakertown and Allentown. So I think both businesses will be extremely busy and that's why they're making improvements to the intersection of Paso Road and Route 309 Obviously, traffic signals will be impacted in the area by the new businesses, and we will be covering their openings whenever that is. It's bear sighting season once again in the area. We reported on a bear sighting in Center Valley this week. It was on Camora Avenue, which is near Lanark Road and Route 309 in Upper Saucon Township. A reader sent us a video he he took of a bear in his yard. You can see the bear at the back of the yard climbing over a split rail fence, and beyond that is sort of a brushy area, a drainage swale. So it was not near any houses at the time. It looked like it might have been a juvenile black bear. It was not a huge bear, but it's also was filmed from quite a distance, so a bit hard to tell. 
in Percocet, there were several bear sightings the other day, and the police put out a notification on their crime watch site. In fact, in one case, a motorist actually struck a juvenile bear that was crossing a major road in Percocet, and the bear ran off. The game commission was notified and arrived in the area. I don't know if they ever located the bear that was struck, but police said they thought it may have been injured. So hopefully if they did locate it, they were able to treat it. Bears are not totally uncommon in this area, and that's one of the reasons I am often asked, why are you covering bear sightings? Part of the reason for that is it's always an opportunity to educate readers who may be new to the area. Maybe they've moved here from an area where there aren't black bears, and and certainly there are many places like that in the country. If you've just moved here from New York or Florida, you know, California, Los Angeles, who knows? I mean, there are probably more places where there aren't bears than there are. So I think it's important to share information from the Game Commission about living with black bears. We always try to do that. One thing they emphasize is not to feed bears. It is actually illegal in Pennsylvania to feed bears. So whatever you do, don't go out of your way to feed them. And they also recommend if you live in an area where bears are known to be, which could be a suburban residential development these days, they recommend not putting out your garbage until the morning of the collection because bears are attracted to the food in the garbage. And if you leave it out the night before, it can attract them. They'll rummage through it. You'll have a big mess in the morning. It will also be an invitation to them to keep coming back. Those are just some of the tips. Of course, if you have very small pets or babies and you're in an area in which bears have been sighted, you wouldn't want to leave them unattended in the yard, but you probably wouldn't want to do that anyway. Those are a few of the tips. You can visit the Pennsylvania Game Commission's website for more information about living with black bears. And of course, if you have a sighting, uh, be sure to let us know. You can always email me at josh at sockandsource.com or contact me through the Facebook page for Sock and Source. We have a poll going. We've gotten a lot of votes in it. It's actually just for fun, but it's the best pizza in Southern Lehigh. I had fun putting it together because I didn't know how many pizza places are in Southern Lehigh. And there aren't as many as in Saucon Valley, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm not sure why there's such a difference, but I only have eight places in the poll, and four of them are sort of traditional pizzerias. The other four are, are more restaurants that offer pizza as one of their options. So I'm not going to reveal any of the results yet, but we will have the winner pizza establishment that received the most votes announced on Sock and Source this coming week. So stay tuned for that. And if you haven't voted yet, be sure to cast your vote for Best Pizza in Southern Lehigh. And that's our news roundup for the week ending June 19th, 2021. Have a great week. Here at Sock and Source, our mission is to provide information and make it as available as possible to the people in our community. 
a large part of that is a public service. And we're grateful for the support we have from local advertisers because that revenue helps keep the information flowing to you, our readers and listeners. Local news production does cost money, and that's why we've also introduced a voluntary membership option on Sock and Source, and we'd like to tell you a little more about that. Essentially, the membership is a recurring monthly contribution that shows your support for the work that we're doing. It helps guarantee that the information will remain free and accessible to you as well as to others in our community, and it also helps fund our future growth. Sock and Source is growing and we're expanding our coverage area. The more support we receive from the community, the better coverage we can provide and the more useful the site will be to you. So that's why we would invite you to visit our membership page on the website sockandsource.com. You can do that by clicking on join under my sock and source which you'll see on the right side of your screen if you're on a desktop or at the bottom of any article page. You'll see several membership options including a monthly membership for $7, a four-month membership for $25, or a yearly membership for $70. These are strictly voluntary contribution levels, and they're not any part of a paywall. There's no requirement to contribute, but we are grateful for those who have already done so, and we hope that you will consider purchasing a membership in the future. Doing so is quick and easy. You can do it securely online, and you can cancel at any time. Thank you again to all our current members, and thank you for considering becoming a future member. It's my pleasure this week on No Rain Date to welcome our friend and a local business owner from Lower Saucon Township, Sarah King, who is the owner of Hippie Mama Soap Company. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We first met, I think, in 2020, where we connected. It was, I think, during the pandemic, actually, and you were in the process of getting ready to have a, a ribbon cutting for your business, which has been home-based. That was like really mm -hmm. exciting just because there was like so little, you know, going on at that point and, and you were bravely, you know, moving forward with that. Before we get to the ribbon cutting, I want to talk about the history of the business and how you, you got your start because it really started out just sort of like as a, as a hobby, right? It did. It started out with I used to do a lot more homesteading than I do now. So, you know, I had a big garden and I grew all our vegetables and everything. And I kept reading about soap making and I thought, I'm going to give it a try. So I, I did it on my back patio because some of the ingredients can be very dangerous. So I didn't want them in the house. Mm -hmm. And I did it on the back patio and my neighbor came by and she actually took a video of it for me. And I just got hooked from that moment on. I just got hooked on soap making and I just enjoy it. It's just a fun thing for me to do. Yeah, and it just kind of blossomed from there. And a couple of years later, I started selling it. And my husband was actually the one who was like, you know what? You either have to go all in or don't do it. <laughs> he said, I don't want you to get into trouble you know, by not having a business and insurance and all that kind of stuff. Right, so right. I went all in and here I am. 
Right, because God forbid, you know, mm-hmm. somebody uses something and gets a breakout or something, I guess, you know, or, you know, right. we always have to think about potential liabilities with anything. So that mm-hmm. makes sense. But mm-hmm. so like you were, when you were first making it, were you just sort of like giving it away as gifts to family and friends? Actually, I kept it at first because I really loved it. And I kept it, I was using it, and then I just started making more and more because I enjoyed the process, and I had all this soap around. Mm-hmm. So I did start giving it away as gifts, and then people started asking for more. It just in started word of mouth and in my neighborhood and where I used to work. And, and then from soap, of course, it kind of doesn't stop there. I went into making liquid soap, which is a different process. I believe that I am one of the few soap makers in the Lehigh Valley that does a liquid soap. And then just from there, from research and market research and everything, I just developed a whole product line. Well, let's, let's start with the bar soap because that's sort of, I think, what people picture, first of all, when they're thinking about soap making. And it's also something that you do see like in stores and farmers Mm -hmm. markets. I mean, how does one make that? What is the process? So basically soap is mixing an acid and an alkali and you get soap. That's the basics. The acid is the oils. Now, depending upon what you want your outcome to be, do you want it to be for sensitive skin? Do you want it to be an acne soap? Do you, what do you expect your soap to kind of accomplish depends upon what oils you use and how much of each oil. Mm-hmm. And then your alkali is lye, which is the dangerous thing I didn't want in my house. Mm-hmm. Uh, lye is very caustic. It can burn you without you even realizing it at first. And if you were to spill it, that can be disastrous. So you have to, you have to really, you know, shut everything down no animals in the area, no kids around, and really focus on what you are doing because of the lie. And then you just mix it a lot. <laughs> mm. I have all the thick blenders and whatnot, and then after you mix it a little bit, you can add your scents. What do you want it to smell like? Who is it for? You know, what season is it? And then you add your scents, and then you put it into molds. And then that's the cure for 40 days. 40 days. So it's not wow. something that you can, 40 days at minimum. Wow. The longer a soap sits, the harder it is and the longer it will last. Huh. So I have, I have a couple that I made like a year or two ago and they're the ones that I always put out first because they are the hardest soaps and they're going to last longest. And that's what obviously what customers want. They don't want it to turn to mush. Right, right. Right, so like if you buy a bar of soap and it seems to vanish like really quickly, that's probably like a newer, like it didn't sit it that long. It could be. Yeah. Yeah, Interesting. It could be. So some of the bars have like different colors or swirls in them. How mm-hmm. does that happen? So I have my own technique that I created that's more of a tie-dye look mm-hmm. to go with my hippie mama name. And you, a lot of that is just trial and error. You decide what colors you want. The color in the little jar is the same color that you're going um, because the chemical reactions with the different oils and whatnot, it can change the colors. Mm. So it's just, it's playing chemistry lab. (laughs) 
And sometimes, you know, if I want a blue soap, I know how much blue to use in my soap. And then the tie-dye technique, like I said, is just something that I personally have created, and I wouldn't even know how to explain how to do it. Well, and I wouldn't ask you because it's probably like a trade secret, <laughs> but but they're really beautiful, and it's it's nice to have something that's visually attractive, you know, too. Of course, mm-hmm. they smell wonderful when I was shopping in your in your store there's just so, you know you just can't stop smelling everything because it's just so <laughs> the scents are so pronounced you know compared to a lot of you know soaps that I think you would mm-hmm. find on the commercial marketplace they're you know not as pungent so and but, my soaps don't have any phallusates or anything to make them bubble or you know, any anything that's not natural. My daughter and I always say that you could eat them. It wasn't <laughs> a lie. You could eat the soap. Right. But there's nothing in it that's going to hurt you. But that can't be said for, you know, supermarket brands. Right, right. Because they do have a lot of other stuff in them. And it seems like a lot more people are concerned now about additives in their beauty products. I mean, you're putting something on your skin and using it regularly, so I can understand why mm-hmm. your products are as additive-free as, as you can make them. And I would imagine that's that's a good selling point with a lot of your customers, attracting customers to you. Yes, yes. And, and all of my products are that way. I cannot say that my products are all organic. They have many organic ingredients. But if I used all organic oils and whatnot, I would have to charge way too much money. Mm-hmm. So I go for all natural, and a lot of my stuff also is fair trade. Meaning? I, I just believe that people need to be paid what they're worth. So right. I, I try and get as much fair trade as possible. Right. So, yeah, because you're using, like, exotic ingredients that have to be imported in some cases? Most of them do. Um, there's a lot of olive oil, a lot of coconut oil. I use some jojoba. I use just all different kinds. Shea, all different kinds. Hemp is another one I use a lot of. Mm-hmm. Almond oil. So a lot of those we don't grow in this country. Right, right. So they do have to be imported. Do you have specific products for people with sensitive skin? Most of my products can be used by people with sensitive skin. Again, because there are no, there's nothing really bad in them. Some of my soaps, like my green tea soap or my chamomile soap, have essential oils in them also that are better for your skin or good for your skin. Mm. Well, chamomile, yeah, yeah, chamomile has a a calming effect sort of on on Mm -hmm. our the tea does so that that would make sense that the soap is yes the ca- chamomile scent is very relaxing mm-hmm. in addition to the soap and you mentioned liquid soap but you also have a lot of other products like moisturizers and talk about some of your product line and and everything that it includes sure so i do have some body scrubs which are made with salt I use a whipped soap, an organic whipped soap in those so that they're not slippery in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. I also use an organic hand lotion that I make that is lovely. And of course, my sprays, which everyone loves my lavender spray because you can use that anywhere. And you can use any of my sprays anywhere on your person for a bathroom spray. The lavender is really nice on your sheets 
because it gives you that beautiful lavender smell and that's very calming and and sleep promoting. I also have a manly spray that's more, you know, suited toward men. Um, (laughs) It's like an aftershave. I have bath salts, all different kinds of bath salts. Detox, quiet night, a relaxing one to help, you know, with sore aching muscles or to take a bath after a long day. And then I do have a skincare line and I have different toners for Mm -hmm. um, oily skin and I have one for mature skin. I have a face serum that has hyaluronic acid in it. I have a face oil, which is just awesome. Um, I use the serum and the oil twice a day myself. And the oil has a special blend of essential oils in it that are known to promote healing, lessen scars, and really hydrate your skin and bring out your natural beauty. And I have those in aging and in acne. And I have a nail cream that's really good for your hands and your cuticles. And I have a dry body oil that's also pretty rocking. It's a spray oil and you put it on and there is no greasy feel, but your skin is just nice and soft and smooth. And you can put it on right before you dress and it won't stain your clothes. Mm. And then I also have my body butters. My body butters, truthfully, are some of my biggest sellers. And I Mm. have them in all different scents. And the body butters, you just need a little bit. And they are just wonderful for very dry skin. They're wonderful for your feet, elbows, knees, any place that you have really dry skin. I usually use it before I go to bed at night. When I wake up in the morning, my feet feel good. You know, my elbows are nice and soft. So mm-hmm. that's, that's one of my biggest selling products next to my bar soap. Hmm. And I think we've all had more dry skin the past year because of hand washing, hand sanitizer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I know I yes. have. Thank goodness for, for products like yours. So did, do you think COVID actually boosted your sales a little bit because of that? I think it did. You had mentioned the ribbon cutting, which was a really awesome Thing for hippie mama but one of the things i think covid did was it made us more aware of small businesses in the area mm-hmm. and of local shop owners and i just think it made everybody aware that we have wonderful awesome products and we're your neighbors and what you buy from us goes right back into our community that was one thing that was really awesome i know my husband and i it's you know just the two of us in the house right now so we made sure that we ordered out from someplace once a week mm-hmm. to help the small business owners. Right. And I think a lot of people did that with Hippie Mama. And of course, once they found out what my, how awesome my products were, they came right back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think for me personally, COVID actually ended up being a good thing for sales. Right. Right. Well, that makes total sense. And I'm so happy to hear that too, because before COVID, you know, we were always preaching. I know I felt like I was always preaching, you know, support small business, but maybe it didn't connect with mm-hmm. people the same way until, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that it takes something that scary, you know, to raise the consciousness level, but I can, I can right. see, see how, it, how that did happen. And, and it is a consciousness process, you know, and and once you are converted to supporting small business, I don't think you really want to go back, you know, to just buying 
you know, soap at a big box store or wherever you were buying it before. I, right. I, I don't think that's that's going to happen. So that's a good thing. And the ribbon cutting, which we mentioned, that was actually held at your house, but mainly outside. And it was really mm-hmm. cool because it was also sort of this neighborhood event, like a neighborhood party almost, because you have a really tight-knit, friendly neighborhood and and... So it was, I've never been to a ribbon cutting like that before, but it was just the, the vibe was really awesome. It, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work, but I enjoyed it. But it, it was a lot of work, just making sure that everybody was going to be safe. Right. You know, that was my main concern. How are we going to be able to do that? And I am very fortunate in that Hippie Mama has her own downstairs in my home. So she has her own entrance, her own shop, her own kitchen that is separate from the rest of my house. And then there's a back door you can go out. So people were able to come in, shop, and go out the back door. And it, it just worked beautifully. It, it, the weather was perfect. It was just, it, the food was wonderful. It was just a really, really great day. Right. I was so thankful that we could do that and have everybody come out and have fun and be safe. And you also supported other local businesses because I know you had Black River Farms there doing like wine tastings and... I did. And I had a feast catering. Right. uh, Which is also, they are at Black River Farms. So I had Yvonne come with her fabulous food. Their mac and cheese is just awesome. Mm. And yeah, and, and you mentioned my neighbors. I None of this would be possible without my neighbors. They decorated, they put up tents, they put flyers out, they put it on social media. They just, yeah, my neighbors are just very awesome people. Yeah, no, you could feel the love and, and, and I had the pleasure of meet, meeting your neighbor, but also my third grade teacher Ann Brown, um, who I had not seen Mm -hmm. literally since third grade. So that was awesome. And, Mm -hmm. and she helped me on, on my path to where I am today. So definitely, definitely a cool neighborhood. In terms of the store within your house, how do people access that now? I mean, is it open like certain hours every week or by appointment? By appointment. Yes, everything is is done by appointment. I do have a job, a full-time job, plus I'm going to school for aromatherapy, which I know we'll talk about in a minute. So I like to do everything by appointment so that I can give my customers each, you know, my undivided attention. I don't have too many people in the shop that way. Again, socially distant. I just feel it, it makes for a better customer experience. Right. That way they can ask questions and not feel rushed. Mm-hmm. But you do occasionally have sales, and then when you have a sale, you'll be open for people to just sort of come and go, right? I do. Twice a year, I have events here. I have Mother's Day, which I just had in May, where I have a big sale, and then I have a mini open house, you know, from certain hours, the Saturday before Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. And then I have my anniversary party every year which will be in early October this year. And that's when I had the ribbon cutting last year. That's a little bit bigger. You know, weather permitting, I move everything outside and and I have food and and wine and it's more of a party atmosphere. 
for the October. And, and that's also when I debut, you know, my fall scents and my holiday scents. And it's a great time for people to start their holiday shopping then. Right, right. Fall scents get bigger, I think, every year, especially anything to do with pumpkin spice. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I have your pumpkin spice, the pillow spray, which is awesome. And it's not just for fall, mm -hmm. I would say. It's awesome all year round. Yeah. Yeah, I use pumpkin all year long. Yeah. I mean, if you enjoy it, you know, you might as well. Like, that's that's where I'm at. <laughs> but, but yeah, the seasonal, <laughs> seasonal stuff. And it seems like it comes out earlier every year, too. Like, there's that sort of the Christmas creep, they call it. In terms of your, your products for men, we, I mean, Father's Day is, is coming up. You do have, you mentioned one thing that you have for men. You have other products, too. Can you talk a little bit about them? I do. I do. I have bar soaps that are more geared toward men. I have my husband's favorite. It's called Hippie Dad's Citrus. Mm. And my husband loves it because in the morning he uses it, and he, he says it wakes him up and gets him energized. And that has citrus peels and just a lot of lemon and orange and grapefruit and stuff in it. And that one's really nice. Um, I have another one called Hippie Dude that has a kind of an earthy fragrance in it. It has some patchouli and, and whatnot in it. And that's a, that's a big seller. Men really like that one. I have another one called Morning Blend, which I make for my neighbor. It's his favorite. And it has actually has ground coffee and oatmeal in it. Mm. So it does have a little bit of an exfoliant. Mm -hmm. in it and that's just I put a little cinnamon in it and that just smells like delicious morning I have a three kings soap which has frankincense and myrrh which is very manly and are also known to be antibacterial hmm. and I have a sandalwood vetiver which is my favorite that I use often but it, it also has a more of a woodsy spicy scent to it and then in my sprays, I did mention I have one called Manly Spray, which is a combination of scents and essential oils geared just toward men, just to, you know, you can spray it after you shower, after you shave, and just to give you that extra layer of, of wonderful scent. I also have another one called Groovy, which could be used for men or women. Again, more of a spicy scent. And then I also have some body butters that I geared toward men. My biggest seller of all of my products is called Rustic Woods, and it does smell like you are out in the woods. Mm. And that's one body butter that I have trouble keeping in stock because mm. it just, it, it's a lovely scent. I mean, I have a cedar and amber one too, which some of my friends call my Christmas scent. But one of my biggest sellers for men is my peppermint foot scrub and my peppermint foot butter. And that was created, my, my next door neighbor came over one day and he pulled off his sandal and he said, look at my gross feet. Help me do something. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> you like, love that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> let, let me think about that. So I, I created this for him and he was my guinea pig. And he came over a couple weeks later, took his sandal off and said, look at my feet. Look what you did. And lo and behold, his feet were beautiful. So it, it's a nice exfoliant. It feels good. The peppermint is very soothing and cooling to your feet. That's a really nice gift to get dad especially if he's on his feet all day right i i have that myself and and i can totally attest to it and especially now yeah mm -hmm. with summer i mean and you might be wearing sandals too or flip-flops you know yep 
you don't want those grungy, you know, creepy feet, you know? Winter feet. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, like, terrorize the neighborhood with them. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, and and you don't need a lot of it either. I mean, you don't, you know, I just use a little Mm -hmm. bit, and and I find it goes a long way, so... I, and I want to mm-hmm. try, like, I think the morning blend, is that the one with the coffee in it? Mm-hmm. That, that sounded really good. And, like, because caffeine has skin, it can have skin benefits, right? Like, it sort of wakes up your it skin can. a little bit? It, it can. It can be firming. Mm. Yeah, it can help to firm your skin. I could use a little bit of that. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and And I want to also ask, how do you keep you know things in stock and is that like difficult like when something becomes popular like that you have to Um, constantly be making new batches of it 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 does it it, it kind of depends upon the product now you know my bar soap like i said if 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 i'm out of that and i haven't made a new batch we have to wait six weeks anything else when i'm running low on something i just make a batch and replace it you know some things just take a day to make Mm-hmm. You know, and I'll tell my husband, it's hippie mama weekend. And he knows that means I'll be downstairs working. Don't bother me. <laughs> wow. And if, if I have a show coming up or, you know, an event here, then, yeah, I spend a lot of a lot of weekends stocking up and making sure that I have what I need. Starting in August, late July or, or early August, I start making my holiday stuff so the soap can cure and I have it. Right. Yeah, definitely have to plan ahead for the for the holidays. You do. Are your... You do. It's not something that you can just, you know, in, in December, I'm making stuff for Valentine's Day. Right. <laughs> so. Are your products sold in any, like, local stores other than your own? They are. They are sold at Radish Republic, which is in Allentown on the Arts Walk. They are sold at Crooked Row Farm. I believe that's Orfield. It's up 309, and it's a, a, a small farmer's market in a big red barn. And they're sold at a place called Old Soul Antiques. That's where I saw them. It I couldn't is... think of it. <laughs> I'm sorry? That's where it's, I saw them recently. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's a very cool antique store. Um, it is a great antique store. Yes. I was up there for the first time, actually, and I went up to the second floor, and there was like a display there I'm like oh hippie mama I know her so mm-hmm. it was a nice surprise mm-hmm. in addition to the to the antiques that's that's awesome but you you do probably sell the majority I would guess through your website because you have a great website I do hippiemamasoak.com is where you can find me and you know everything is there on the website also my email address is there so if anybody has any questions at all they just have to email me, and I get back within 24 hours. And I also have something that's a little bit unique to me, where I have a drop-off box or a pickup box. So if you order your your soap and, and your lotions and whatever online, but you don't want to pay shipping because shipping is crazy expensive, uh-huh. I will get it together for you. Just let me know when about you'll be here to pick it up. You pay for it online. I put it in the box, and you pick it up at your convenience. Hmm. You know, three o'clock in the morning. You know, you're going to work. You're going to stop here and pick it up. No problem. It's in the box. It's great for contactless shopping. It's great for, um, like I said, if you don't want to pay shipping, if you live close, 
mm-hmm. you know it's going to be there. Yeah, it's non-perishable, so you can pick it up whenever. Mm-hmm. That's a great idea. Let's talk about the aromatherapy that you're sort of expanding into. And, and first of all, what is aromatherapy and why is it important? But then what are your, what are your plans as an aromatherapist and, or aromatherapist in training? And, and what are you going to be selling? I actually, I am a certified aromatherapist at the moment, but aromatherapy, it's a complementary medicine. And what it does is it takes the essential oils out of plants. Those are the volatile oils in many, many plants. And that helps to heal. It helps to heal your body, your mind, your spirit, create well-being. It's been used for 10,000 years in India. They still use it today in Ayurvedic medicine. China has used it since before Christ. I mean, it's been, it's been around a very long time. So as an aromatherapist, what I do is I will do a consult. Usually takes about an hour. And we go over any specific complaints that you're having from headaches to nausea to acne to menstrual cramps to back pain, arthritis, you know, many, loss of appetite from cancer, hmm. you know, many different kinds of ailments or issues, depression, anxiety are big ones. Mm -hmm. And we talk about that. And we talk about your expectations and how we're going to accomplish this. And through that, I come up with a blend that's specific to you. My blend is clary sage, chamomile, and cedar. And that helps. I have very bad arthritis and I have rheumatoid arthritis. And it has changed how I feel. So I will, I come up with a personal blend and then I do a couple other therapies with that. Is it a salt scrub? Is it inhaler? Is it a lotion? There's several different ways that it can be applied. And when do you apply it? Do you want something that's a little more stimulating for the morning? Do you, you know, need something to help you relax at night? All these things are taken into consideration. And then I come up with the best profile for your needs. And, you know, when I first started getting into it, I had changed jobs and I was working, I'm now working at St. Luke's Hospice House. And I had expressed an interest and they were like, well, you need to go to school for it. And I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. So I started reading it and I just became fascinated with it. It is just, it's incredible how plants can heal and how these things have been used for thousands and thousands of years. And they're still used today, and they still work, and oftentimes better than medications. I do nothing without a doctor's approval, of course, and I do not diagnose anything. But I actually have some irons in the fire to start doing aromatherapy at St. Luke's. Oh, wow. Well, we'll have to do a story about that. It's awesome. That's exciting that the healthcare community is really embracing it like that because traditionally Western medicine hasn't until very recently, I would, right. I would think. My rheumatologist was excited because she said, that's awesome, now you can treat people with fibromyalgia. Hmm. My daughter has fibro and I made a blend for her and she's like, oh my gosh, mom, it really works. So it, it's just, you need to be a little bit more open-minded but you also need to know that it does work and it, and it really can help you. In terms of like 
pain management or something like that or or symptom management is the aroma triggering something in your brain that's like decreasing that sensitivity so we we use it not only for the scent we use it for the things that the oils can actually do Mm -hmm. different oils have different chemical compounds in them and different chemical compounds can be anti-nausea antiseptic antibacterial, antivirus. They can be antidepressants, anti-anxiety. The different chemical compounds give the different oils the different properties. I actually have made a new bed spray, which I'm going to start marketing soon, that has oil, cedar, lavender, and I believe cypress in it. Hmm. All known to be antibacterial, antiviral, and antiseptic, and calming. Mm-hmm. So you spray that in your bed, you're helping to get rid of all those little germs and stuff in there, and you're sleeping better. Right. So every chemical compound has a different, a different action on the body, and that's why all of my blends are specific to individuals. There are some blends that I have to be careful, different medications that people are on, they can't use certain blends. You know, of course, allergies, but, you know, different blood clotting issues and whatnot you can't use some oils. Hmm. So you, you do, you have to know what you're doing right? to do it. And you need to go to someone who uses a good essential oil, not something that you buy in Target. <laughs> right, um, right. We've you know, seen those. Essential oils are sold everywhere. I saw some sold in Aldi's the other day, and I love Aldi, mm-hmm. but I feel better. Right, yeah, I mean... The, the set for eight ninety nine or something probably isn't going to mm-hmm. do much for mm-hmm. you. So yeah. yeah, don't buy it in there. The only one I really knew or have known anything about, I, I think, is lavender because I, I knew that was calming. Mm-hmm. And, and I read somewhere that that even can be calming, like, for, for pets, like, for cats. I, I, I read that. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm all for that because my cats need calming. But... <laughs> but but all these products then are, are going to be you know safe for your for pets and kids crawling around on the floor that type of thing mm-hmm. yes and that's something that we also take into consideration and right about lavender there's a product called cattle calm that we use on our alpacas when we shear them hmm. and it has lavender in it and it does help them to just relax wow it's interesting well we'll definitely want to do some more coverage of, of aromatherapy, I think, in the future. And may, like maybe when you're able to introduce it at St. Louis. In March, and I will be level two certified, hopefully, probably by the end of the summer. Oh, okay. Um, well, that's exciting. Yeah. And then I can, you know, kind of shingle. Right. I could do that now, but the level two just gives me much more education. Right. Right. No, definitely. I, I understand. There's, well, it's an ongoing thing. I mean, no matter what you're doing, you're, 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 you're it learning. It is an ongoing thing. Right. Yep. But thank you for giving us the, some of the basics about that. I didn't know a lot of that and I'm definitely interested to learn more. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't understand what aromatherapy is and they kind of think it is smelling essential oils again that you buy in all these. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, you know, that, that is one of the things that aromatherapy oath, you know, that you will educate in a kind and gentle way to 
you know, this, this is how we really need to use these things. Right. Yeah, I'm sure there are, are many misconceptions about it. Like you said, just hanging an air freshener on your rearview mirror is not, you know, aromatherapy. Yeah. But there's a lot to it, and, and the history of it, the biophysical mechanisms that are in play. So I think it's fascinating. It really is very fascinating. It's, it's such a wonderful field, and I'm, I'm really grateful that the wonderful people at Hospice House encouraged me the right. they have to uh, to keep going right i would imagine then you know for hospice patients themselves i mean at that point in your life well i've seen documentaries or you know even from personal experience you know when, when somebody's in their final stage of life with palliative care you know music is mm-hmm. is is part of the sensory experience why not mm-hmm. aromatherapy? If, you know, I can imagine that that would have some benefit, maybe. Yes, it can really help anxiety. It can help with the depression and the fear mm-hmm. that goes along with it, and it can help family members. Right. You know, one of my goals is to teach family members how to maybe do hand massages with the aromatherapy blend, and it in turn will help the family members feel like they can do something to help a loved one. Um, mm-hmm. So it'll it'll work for both. You know, it'll be calming and relaxing for both family member and patient. Right, right. Well, that's a great goal to to have. I know everybody in that situation needs, you know, calming. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, I'm grateful that you're investing this much time and into learning about it so that we can all benefit from it. Just wanted to, you know, briefly highlight again, the website is hippiemamasoap.com. And it's really an easy to navigate website. I've shopped on it and you have it laid out very well. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's every, every local business should have something like that. You know, that's, that's a retail business, I think, because it makes sense in this day and age, you know, like you said, many people want to do contactless shopping and it's, it's a window to your business, you know, on the internet, you know, so it, it's also yeah. educational for people. So they don't have to ask you 10 million questions, hopefully, before they decide what they want to buy. But of course, you know, if they do have questions, you know, like you said, you're, you're always available through email. For customers. Right. You know, I have one customer in California. Oh, wow. Um, he places a huge order four times a year, and it's all off my website. I do keep my website updated fairly regularly. That way people know what's going on when I'm having sales and, most importantly, what products I have available. I think we've touched on pretty much everything. I just kind of wanted to, you know, highlight your social media because you're on Instagram and Facebook and People can find more information yep. there. And you have a, a newsletter too, right? Or you can sign up for updates through email. I do have a newsletter, yep. People can subscribe to my newsletter through my webpage. There is a spot there where you can put in your email. And then I'll add you to this letter. I do not bombard people. <laughs> and I can vouch for that. You know, 55 newsletters a week. Right. Uh, I do, you know, a couple newsletters a month. Right. Nothing crazy, more just, you know, let you know what's going on. 
and that way you won't miss a sale or you know anything like that that's coming up right so yeah definitely definitely sign up for the newsletter i also want to mention that you you know if it's like a special occasion or you want to do something for somebody you know as a gift you can also make gift baskets for people because i've ordered one from you and it was fantastic yes oh thank you (laughs) yes i can do that if i you know as long as i have enough notice ahead of time if i can't make a gift basket i can certainly make a gift bag i've had people call me last minute and say that they need an important gift or they need a hostess gift or they forgot a birthday and they're going to the party and we can make a beautiful gift bag Mm-hmm. Which is, yeah, that's also a great option. But hopefully people will mm-hmm. think of it ahead of time and not be like, hippie mama, I need a gift for tonight. You know, because that's always a, a trickier <laughs> oh, thing. it happens. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, it's partly just everybody's living it, it, but it's okay. it's faster today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for, you know, sharing your story with us and you know, what you're doing now and and what you're planning for the future. I, I think the future is bright for Hippie Mama Soap Company. And it's wonderful that you're right here in Saucon Valley. And I, I sure hope our listeners will, you know, check out the website and try and support a local business. We all need to stay clean. So why not? <laughs> well, thank you. I really appreciate you guys taking the time to talk with me. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll, of course, keep in touch and, you know, especially about the aromatherapy and, you know, hopefully be able to uh, mm-hmm. to provide some coverage of, of that in the future because that's something that, so. <clears throat> yeah, is important. I mean, health is an important topic and our readers are always interested in local, you know, availability of, of different treatments. So that's something that, that we'll want to write about. Well, thank you again. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. We've been recording No Rain Date since late 2019, and we've produced a fair number of episodes at this point. We would love to hear your feedback about what we're doing. What makes you tune in every week? What ideas do you have for interview guests? Is there something that you think the podcast is missing? Feel free to share your thoughts, whether they're good, bad, or indifferent with us. You can do that by emailing josh at josh at sockandsource.com. No Rain Date is a local news and information podcast, and we focus on the Saucon Valley. However, our guests are from the Lehigh Valley and beyond. So please try and keep that in the back of your mind when you're thinking about ideas for future episodes. Thank you. No Rain Date is an original production of Sock and Source, LLC. Our theme music is provided by This Way to the Egress. For more great music by them, be sure to follow This Way to the Egress on Spotify. Thank you for listening. Thank you.